Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. You have a desire to be all in. I know that many of you have, and you just don't know what that looks like. Maybe there's some things in your life going on that you're like, man, it's very hard to commit to Jesus. My life is chaotic right now. Listen, when chaos ensues your life, there's a good chance you're doing something right. Can I encourage you with that? Sometimes you think, man, there's so much chaos in my life right now. I feel like maybe it's because I did something wrong. Have you even gotten the impression or the possibility has set in your mind that maybe you're doing something right and that's why things are crazy right now? That maybe you're you're doing something right that maybe that's why the enemy's trying to trip you up? And he'll do anything he can to trip you up. And so I want to encourage you, uh, be here. Uh, these next five weeks, we're going to be talking about being all in, all in. And you'll hear more about that on social media. We be, we'll be promoting it. Uh, we're punching it out beginning this evening. You can invite a friend, be a part of that. But this morning, I want to talk to you coming out of this uh, vacation time, a little bit of time away. I was forced to do what many of us do on our way back from the trip, think to myself, well, back to life, back to reality, right? How many ever thought that? You said, okay, enough with the vacation, now real life must ensue. How many ever felt that before? You said to yourself, okay, brace yourself. The reason why you think that is because When you go on vacation, you create an environment or you go to an environment that is not normal. You follow? Because you go to, maybe you go to uh, another country or maybe you go to another state. And for us, it was just another state. Or maybe you go to another, uh, uh, maybe you go to a resort, right? And you're thinking, I wish someone, you know, wait on me hand and foot 24 hours a day. I wish I was on a cruise ship where everything was paid for and I never had to, you know, do anything. It was just like, I want a steak. Whoa, steak. (laughs) Six minutes into the message and I'm already talking about food. It was just a record. It's a record. It's a record. But you're, you know, that's what happens. You, my wife and I got a chance to go on a cruise ship some time ago. Uh, this is years ago. We're, we're, we're way due, way due, right? And so you get on a cruise ship and it's all expenses. How many know what I'm talking about, right? You go on this cruise and if you've ever been on one, you know, it's like, okay, I want a ham sandwich. You know, a ham sandwich. And so uh, I want a buffet at midnight. So what? Why go there? Well, because I can, right? And then you go to the buffet at midnight, kind of, whatever that looks like. And, and you know, I want to go swimming. Well, there's a pool for you. You ready to go? Everything's there for you. Everything's there. That's an environment that was created so you can step away from your reality, right? It was created for you and you know that, but yet you still bask in it, right? You still, you know what? I'm not going to just, let me just pretend for this week, this is my life. Let me pretend that this is what is going to happen with the rest of my life, even if it's not. For right now, it's my life, right? It's my reality, right? That's exactly what a good vacation should do. A good vacation should pull you apart. I remember looking at my wife this week and I said to her, you know, it takes me like a day or two just to disconnect. Like to stop thinking about what is happening back home. 
I don't know if you realize this, Freedom Family, but it is hard to be away from you guys. Because you are my family. You are the, my people. We are one in, in a lot of ways in trying to move toward the culture that God has created to change the world, right? We're trying to move together in one, in like one vehicle, right? As a family unit. And so when I step away, I, I kind of have a hard time con- disconnecting from that. And when I do, I realize, oh, it's time to go back, right? And so letting all that go just for a few days so I can kind of relax, it's very difficult. And some of you are in the same boat. You're in a situation where maybe the spouse isn't, your spouse isn't there anymore or isn't there at all or whatever that looks like. You're a single mom, single dad, and you kind of have to disconnect from the world because you need just a break. So you enter an alternate reality, so to speak. And then when you realize that alternate reality is coming to an end, you say something like, well, back to reality. And so what I want, what I want us to realize is that that is, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You need to unwind. You need to, uh, to uncoil yourself once in a while and get yourself in a situation where God can speak to you. But I want you to know that in Christianity, you have to come to a place where you understand what God is doing right here, right now. And you have to come back to reality. There are many things that we get, that we uh, can give our lives to that are good, right? A lot of things we can help people with. And one of those things is feeding the hungry, right? How many know that feeding the hungry is a good thing, right? You feed the hungry. Housing the homeless, right? Those are good things. Clothing those who have needs. I love the fact that as a church, we're going to try to move toward more community things like that. We've done a couple clothes drives and things of that nature. We want to do more of that. We want to continue to reach out to our community. And, and clothing those who have needs, that's a good thing. Everybody say good thing. That's a good thing, right? Bringing people out of addiction, that's a good thing. Helping people financially, that's a good thing. We just had a, a financial uh, seminar recently to help kind of work through some things that maybe uh, people struggle with. And that's again, a practical side of the big picture. Why? Because we believe that God cares about the whole person. And so we have to focus on what really matters. But with all these things like feeding the homeless, housing the homeless, clothing those who have needs, all those things What is the greatest thing that we can do? We don't have 10 lives to live. We have one life that we can live. One life here on this earth to live. What should come before anything else in our life? What should influence our life more than anything else? As we talk about back to reality, as a Christian believer, you need to understand all of who you are, all of what you do, and all of what you're given. All should point to Jesus. All should point to the Lord. And so no matter what you do, everything is unto Him. Well, that person's ungrateful. I don't know that I should give them. No, you should. And let God sort out the details. You ever been, you ever gave somebody something and they were so ungrateful that you're like, I'm not sure I'm going to do that again. Don't let that discourage you because God is looking at your heart, not your hand. God's not impressed with what you gave them. He's impressed with the fact that you did. Because obedience is what he's looking at. Not the size of the check or the amount of groceries in the bag. No, 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 no. 
That's physical. That's temporal. That's, that's now. That's surfacy. What God is looking for is a people that say, you know what? This is what really matters. When I was thirsty, you gave me a cup of cold water. So let's go back to reality for a moment and allow me to encourage you with this. The kingdom of God cannot be measured, predicted, or stopped. Say it with me. The kingdom of God cannot be measured, predicted, or stopped. It can't. And so if you would, turn with me to Acts chapter 1 and we look at the kingdom as it began in the New Testament. See, when Jesus walked around with disciples, he he began a culture of teaching. He began a culture that said, here's what really matters. Right? He began a culture with these men, a very different group of men. Not priests. Hello? Not Bible school individuals. Not not Levitical priests. not, Not people that were of the faith necessarily. You know who he used? People that knew something that weren't necessarily a part of what many would consider the inside circle. He said, okay, these people have a a particular set of skills. Now I'm going to identify with this set of skills. That's number one. And then I'm going to use them to show everyone that God can use anyone. I'm going to show everyone that God can use anyone. Anyone. So I want to talk to you about back to reality here this morning. What I want to talk about is how do we move from our over-focused society on the temporary to the eternal things. And what is eternal? His kingdom. What is eternal? What is eternal? His kingdom. But we put so much emphasis in this world about what we can get our hands on. But none of that is kingdom. None of that is God. None of that really changes the world. The size of the the numbers, the amount of numbers in your bank account, the, the, the way you climb up the corporate ladder, the nice car you drive, how many rooms you have in your home. None of those things eternally matter. But we count them as important. We deem them as a priority. And God says, let me, let, me bring you, let me bring you back to reality. And let's look in the New Testament about what God says is a priority. So let's look at that for a moment. Kingdom priority. Kingdom priority is number one. As we look at Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 11. Here's what it says. On one occasion while he was eating with them. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father has promised. Which you have heard me speak about. For, God, for John baptized with water. But in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now stop for a moment because... I did this morning what I normally do. I go, I take my notes and they're downloaded on my iPad here. And I look at them and I go over them and I kind of run through my passage and things of that nature. And I was running through it this morning. I was like, you know, just reading that passage. And you know what occurred to me here in this passage? He says to them, watch this, what he says here. Because it kind of sneaks by you if you don't pay attention. It says here, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Then, 
they gathered around him and they asked, Lord, are you going at this time to restore the kingdom to Israel? God was talking about everything else other than their kingdom and they brought up their kingdom. Think about it. God is talking about the eternal kingdom, right? I'm good. Listen, I'm with you right now. And I'm going to leave. But I'm not. Listen, just wait because I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you what the Father has promised. John baptized with water, but in a few, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And they want to bring up their kingdom. Isn't that like us? I, I think I've read this passage, I don't know how many dozen times, and I've never caught that. Just this morning, looking at it, I'm going, they don't get it. And I think none of us get it all the time. I don't think we always get it. I think God is like, I got so much for you. I got this plan for you. I got that plan for you. And we're like, but when are you going to restore this? You know, temporary Israel on this temporary earth and here's God talking about giving you his Holy Spirit and you want to talk about Israel because they are looking with natural eyes restore what, restore what I have God is not looking at restoring what you have he's looking at restoring what you've lost and you've lost your place and he wants to give you the Holy Spirit to do it and we're so focused on the here and right now and what, you're going to give me back my toys Every year, my wife and I, around Thanksgiving time, we try to clear up some things. We try to get some the kids' things around. And we're like, listen, toys you don't play with, we're going to bag them. We're going to give them away. Or, or we're going to you know, get them to somewhere where someone can be blessed by them or give them to other people. We want to do it. We want to make room. Uh, in your room, you have too much stuff, right? You ever, you ever looked at your kid's room and you're like, you're bored. What do you mean? You got 16 times more things than I had when I was a kid. I, had a, I played with a stick and a rock. What are you doing? What are you doing? Go in there and play with those toys. I'm bored. Boy, don't you better right now. Right now. All them toys telling me you bored. And that's what happens. And I'm like, listen, we're going to go ahead and clear some stuff you're not playing with anymore. And they know why. Because Christmas time's coming, right? No, you need to clear some space or you can't get gifts. Oh, get me the bag. Get me the bag. Get me the bag. No, don't throw your brother in there. No, he just... He, 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 kids in there like... Ah, ah, ah. Get rid of him too. We make more space. We're making room. Because, because they realize that you got to make room for... And that's exactly what's happening here. See, Jesus is like, I got so much for you. I got, I got the Holy Spirit. The Father's going to bless you. And, all that. and they're like, are you going to restore Israel? No, I'm trying to restore the world. You see how sometimes, even as followers of Christ, we're so focused on the here and now and the, and the temporal and the, what's in front of us that he's like, I want to restore the world and you want to restore Israel? Like, I get it. I get it. But I want to restore the world. I want to restore the world. Now, that doesn't, it's not against Israel. I'm not speaking against Israel. I'm saying that they're looking at the right here and now. He just told them, I'm going to, I'm, the Father promised you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give that Holy Spirit to you so you could change the world. And they're like, let's just deal with Israel. That's all I want. And many of you come to church that same way. 
I don't want you to change my, my whole life. I just want you to fix this one situation. I'm good after that. If you could just fix this one thing. You don't want to surrender to God. You don't want to mess up your... You know what I'm saying? I don't mess with my whole schedule. I kind of have a plan, God. My duck's all lined up pretty nice. There's one duck, this ugly duckling right here. Just kind of change that around and everything else is good. But God's like, let's just move all the ducks and let me show you where the ducks go. And you're like, no, 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 I don't want that. I just don't, I don't feel that right now. I don't feel that in my spirit. No, you, you don't feel that in your flesh. Don't get it confused. Did I step on? I'm sorry. I stepped on you. Too. My bad. I think that's the reality though, right? We don't want God to mess up all of our ducks because we got them in the road. There's just this one thing I need you to take care of. And there's a lot of people that come to the church that way. They come to me as pastor. They come to me, Pastor Tony, would you pray for this? And once that need is met, I don't hear from them for five, six months. So something goes wrong, then they come back. Pastor Tony, I just need you to pray for. I'm like, listen, I'll gladly pray for that thing. But until you clear your ducks, you clear those ducks and let God put them up. There's always going to be that one thing there. There's always going to be a one thing. You're, you're a faithful follower of God. There's always going to be one thing. That's how come he's saying, prioritize my kingdom in your life. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We mistaken it. My kingdom come. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not how it works. But I'm telling you today that many things in life are good. But what Jesus is giving is great. He's saying, I have something of a priority problem that I need to address with you. All else will pass, but God's kingdom will be forever. Somebody say amen. I need you to, I need you to talk back to me for a moment this morning. To hit, let me know that you're hearing it. Because when, when, when God's spirit leads you to do something, you need to understand that. He's, if he's leading you to do something, there's a something else. He doesn't just... He doesn't just give you an assignment and leave you hanging. He gives you an assignment that leads to another assignment. And that's why hindsight looks 2020. You ever look back and go, oh, 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 that's what was happening. And you're like, I didn't see that. No, he didn't. But he didn't tell you that because you might have thought too well about it. Right? That's how come God doesn't always give you all the steps. He just gives you the next one. Because if you knew too much, you'd be like, I got this from here, Lord. I'm good. I see what you're doing here. I got a good plan. I've been, I, you know, I've been going to church a long time. I got this, God. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you've been going to church a long time, but you haven't been to church for a long time. You haven't been to church in a long time. Acts 1-8 is a focus of the entire book of Acts because it prioritizes the kingdom of God and it shows progression from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. So what are we talking about? Acts 1-6, then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom? Then, it, then after that, he says to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set in his own authority. In other words, stop trying to get control. Let the kingdom of God be your priority, and this stuff will work itself out. So let's look at verse 8, which is number 2, kingdom power. Everybody say kingdom power. The first one was kingdom priority. The second one is kingdom power. We look at verse 8, but you will. Everybody say will. 
will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Not judges. Not jury. Witnesses. In Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right there and then everything changes. Because he says to them, you will receive power. You see, Acts 1-8 teaches us to the degree that the Holy Spirit is ruling your life will be the degree that the kingdom is advanced in your life. I'm going to say that again. Acts 1-8 teaches to each of us that the degree that the Holy Spirit is ruling in your life will be the same degree that the kingdom advances your life as well. How much you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life will determine your furtherance in Him. We want to look at it like this. Four Sundays a month, I went three times. Yes. I'm a four for four. I batted a thousand this month. Every day. I went one for eight, one for four this month. Oh man, that was rough. That was a rough month. Listen, at the end of the day, you know what God is looking at? God is looking at what did you do with everything I was doing the other six days? How is the kingdom being advanced in your life the other six days? Oh, it's easy to look at our, you know, say, okay, I'm going to scratch out two hours this week. It's Jesus time. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, just cut that out and put it right there. There's my Jesus hour. Right? Hopefully don't preach too long so I can get to the buffet before the other church does. I want to make sure everything's right. I just want him to fix this one duck and, uh, and then I'll be on my way. And God is like, you missed it. You want to fix Jerusalem and I'm trying to change the world. You're trying to just restore the kingdom of Israel and God's trying to restore his kingdom in you. And the Holy Spirit has to have that ability to speak into your life. And you got to give him a chance to. You follow? you got to give them a chance to. The furtherance of the kingdom of God is determined by the Holy Spirit's rulership in your life. Kingdom power. Kingdom power. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about back to reality. Let's get back to reality. Your obedience to the gospel will determine how much kingdom is activated in your life. You say, when you, when you talk about kingdom, priority. God's will in my life. Because many of us in our lives, we, we know what our will looks like, right? And I'm not talking about, here's my dreams and goals. Those are bad things. You should write down your dreams. You should write down goals. You should be able to make them plain. You should understand where you're going. You should understand where you're at. Those are good things. Good things. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is, what's the source for you to establish and get those visions and goals accomplished. Are they God-sized? Are they God-driven? Because you say, well, I, you know, I myself, we look at the disciples and we go, man, at least I'm a little better than some of those guys. Like one of them, like it was real messed up, right? Like one disciple was like, I don't want to even talk about him. He's a bad situation. But yet he was the one that God embraced. And Peter, the one that was the rock that you built my church on. Like he's the one that Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Like, it doesn't matter the day-to-day operation sometimes. Because sometimes we'll, we'll make mistakes. 
But where is your heart at when, you make, when you're making decisions in your day-to-day? Not just on Sunday, but every day. Because if you create this alternate reality six days a week, when you come in here, you're not going to be able to know what God has for you. Because you're going to come in here, you're going to go, oh, okay, I guess I got to face something that I did this week. And you look at church, you look at fellowship like that. I pray that you never walk into those doors and you walk in here and you go, okay, time, time to head back to reality. No, I'm praying that every single day you wake up going, God, what is your reality? What is your priority? What is your power? And the third thing that we would be able to say, God, what is your kingdom promise? Right? So we have our priorities. We have our power. And then we have the promise. And here's what he said in verse 9 through 11. Because we're talking about Acts 1, 4 through 11, right? And so we've walked through each verse. And here it is. After this, verse 9. After this, he said this. He was taken up before their very eyes and and the cloud hid from their sight. And they were looking intently up to the sky. Listen to this. They were looking up intently up to the sky as he was going, when, they, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Can you imagine? You're talking to Jesus, right? You're talking to Rabbi and all of a sudden he starts floating. And then he keeps going. Like a human helium. He just floats up, up, and away. And then two dudes roll up out of nowhere. And they're like, what are you doing watching him? I'm like, first of all, what? Who? What is happening? Jesus is Leaving and you're showing up. I don't even know who you are. But they were dressed in white. And they start saying, listen. They start saying, why do you gaze up at the sky? He's going to, the same way he left, he's going to come back. Hello. Like, is somebody punking me? Is there a camera going on here? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, if I was there, I would, I, I don't know how to process this amount of information. But then again, I didn't walk with Jesus for three straight years and watch every single miracle he did. For us, reading it is amazing, right? As it should be. But this was a little less amazing when you had a culture of kingdom, and that's what Jesus was. Jesus wasn't a person. He was the kingdom personified. Write that down. That's a good one. Write that down. Jesus wasn't just a person. He was the kingdom of heaven personified. He was the kingdom of God on earth, walking, showing us what we're supposed to do. How we're supposed to live, love, and respect each other. Because you know that person you don't like? They were made in God's image too. And that's hard to take, I know. But I have to remind myself too. Maybe that was just for me, I don't know. But the people that you have... An issue with, they are made in God's image too. And you're like, why you got to go and say that for though? Because it's back to reality. 
Let's hit reality exactly where it is. God so loved the world. Not God so loved your household. God loved the world that he gave his only son. So here's what matters most. That we would come to a place of understanding his promise. And then looking up and they're saying, why do you look at that? The same Jesus, that the same way he left is the same way he's coming. In other words, listen to what he said and get back to work. Because he's coming back. He barely left and they're already telling him, get back to work because you never know. What does that tell us? We should be ready. We should be ready. Here we are thousands of years later, right? And we're still saying Jesus is coming back. Because he is. But we don't know the day or the hour. That's why he said you don't know the day or the hour. Right? So be ready. With your kingdom priority. Dressed in kingdom power. Holding on to your kingdom promise. Are you getting me what I'm saying here today? Somebody talk to me. I think the reality is that when we see his prior, our priorities line up with his, we are infused with power and we can then walk in the promise that he's given each. And look at me, not just the person next to you or that person that's in leadership or that person that has a lanyard. Come on, somebody. Because that person with the lanyard, they're so much more spiritual than me. That person with this is so much better. I can't do what they do. No, but also God never calls you to do what they do. God called you to be you. God called you to be you, 100% you. But a God infused you. Not a me infused me, but a God infused me. All right? I, I don't know if you are much of a, I'm not a health nut necessarily. I think I need to be. I think I need to be a little more conscious about what I put in my body. I think we all do. Yes? Okay, I got, I got more amens on that than I did. Okay, I'm just going to let that go. Um, but I realize that there's, there's some things that you can take that are infused, like vitamin infused this or this infused that. And they, they put it and they mix it into something and you can drink that, you know, kind of thing and it'll help you. And there's some wonderful things out there, some things that are natural and helpful. They're infused with this thing. In other words, you don't know. It looks like one thing, but it's another, right? And I think that I think that's how God wants us to be. He wants to be, He wants us to be power infused kingdom folk, where people could look at it and say, "That's a dude um, with a shirt." You know, he looks like any other guy. Looks like whatever. And so that guy. But man, you talk to him, or you talk to her, or you talk to them, or you talk to that couple, and something. Ooh, something's different about them. And you think to yourself, that's because they're power infused believers. In Jesus. Something has affected how they walk and how they talk and how they act and how they react. So we become kingdom people. So watch this. Jesus. Jesus uh, comes back from the dead. He resurrected, right? Proving that he was who he claimed to be. The disciples then are thinking to themselves... Uh, is he going to restore the kingdom? What's going on? Who's the greatest? You know, they're still thinking about that thing, right? They're at the table with Jesus and they want to know who, who's going to be in line first. Who's going to succeed and who's going to not succeed. And he just blows their mind with like the last will be first. And like, wait, what? Oh yeah, then you can go in front of me then. 
That's the only time we let people in front of us. When Jesus says something like, the last will be first. Oh yeah, okay, then go ahead, cut in front of me. Go ahead, everyone, everyone. Just cut in front of me. Go ahead. Because I still want to be first in some way. Jesus ascends and he shocks the world. And I think in some way, shape or form, we're so staring at everything that just happened that we forget where where we're supposed to happen next. Did you get that? We're so amazed at everything Jesus did that we forget we're next. Like you're on deck. There's one thing that's really exciting. How many get with this? You're, you're really excited. And, and my kids, my kids sense this. We, we go to like, uh, you know, amusement park. We recently got a chance to go to Hershey Park. Took my kids for the day. My wife and I were like, let's go to Hershey Park for the day. And the kids get super excited when they are next, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like when we're, we're way back in the line, they're like, oh, this line is so long. And they're whining and they're like, the whole time you're like, just wait, just be patient. And then something happens when they're next. That feeling that they got, we're next. We're next. They want to declare, dad, 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 I'm so excited, we're next. And I'm like, yeah, we're next. We've been waiting an hour and a half, but we're next. <laughs> like you forgot everything because you, you were talking for the last hour and a half about how upset you were about how long this line is. But you're excited. I'm glad you're excited. Well, you're next, right? And so they get really excited about being next. And because all of that hour and a half didn't matter because they're next. See, all that the disciples had been through didn't matter because when he ascended, many of them were looking up at him and the two men's job was this, you're next. And they were not excited quite like that because they didn't get it. So I'm trying to deliver this message with the anticipation and understanding that you're next. Stop looking up at the sky going, oh Jesus, come. And I I get that because I've been there. Especially when stuff gets rough, life gets rough. You know, things happen you didn't expect to happen. And you go, Jesus, just come. Just come. This is just too much to, to take on. And God says, Just look up and realize that you're next. I'm coming back. But the kingdom is in you now. As he gave you his Holy Spirit, you are his kingdom extended. So I'm going to ask you all across this room right now to take a moment and maybe just bow your heads for just a moment. As I pray for not just God's goodness, but God's greatness to show forth in your life. Father God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that every single one of us would not just see the, the, uh, the promise as something that comes because we earned it, but instead that we would ourselves prioritize what's important, walk in your power, and hold on to your promise. I pray today that you can give more of your Holy Spirit into each of these individuals. That that you would sprinkle your great promises upon these lives today. That God, your kingdom would be made a priority. 
Make it so today, God, that your, your kingdom would rule and reign in this place. In each and every life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Let this be your kingdom come and your will be done. Father, I pray that we would not be a people that are acting like we're in the kingdom. But a people that believe and understand that outside of you there is no kingdom. That this kingdom that we live in this world is temporal. But the kingdom that we live for you, the kingdom that we walk in with you and your power, that we would be infused believers walking in your kingdom. God, I pray you connect these wonderful people to a fellowship, if not here, somewhere where they can be your people extended. Lord, they're next. So God, use them like they're next. I pray that as we begin to look at our lives, we would realize that, Lord, reality in you is so much better than this alternate reality that doesn't really exist. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at me for a moment. One of the things that I want to get across to you today is this simple thought because I want you to respond this morning in a way that would help you take a step closer to Jesus. Listen, I don't, I don't ever want to preach something that will cause you to go, hmm, that was good. Let me go home now and think about it during the week. Not just that, but right here, right now that there's something you can take and say, I can apply this to my life right here, right now, right? So here's the one thing I think we can take and apply to our lives. I talked about vacation, right? And how we create this alternate reality and we try to live in this alternate reality. I remember uh, back when I was talking about the cruise just a little while ago, I remember uh, one of the ports that we stopped at. We got off and then there was, um, I mean, sandy white beach with crystal clear blue water. I grew up in the Bronx. That, that didn't exist, right? So, and, and so I, I remember getting off the port and looking and I was just, and all and they were hammocks like real hammocks the ones you can like fall off of like real hammocks not like makeshift ones that are just like dummy proof because I would fall off of any hammock just about I'm not hammock ready so um I'm looking at this beach right and I think I, I think my wife will remember this too it was sandy white hammock clear, clear blue water and I thought to myself I just transferred into a postcard. Right? You ever Have you ever been standing somewhere that was almost surreal? And you looked and you said, this is, I'm really here. Like maybe it was a, a you know, a monument or some sort of place. And you're like, I'm here. Like, you know what I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about. That is that, that surreal created reality that we only saw in our mind. And when we're there, it's almost like it's not really real. We do the same thing with our spiritual lives. Where we create this bubble that doesn't exist or it looks like a certain way. And God says, no, no, no. That's not everyday life. That's a fantastic blessing. But here's reality. 
Reality is, you're next. You got to bring God's kingdom to someone else. You can't live in this bubble, us four no more. We've never been that church, and I don't ever want to be that church. Where we just, we're, we're good with our numbers. We're good, we're good. Let's just close the doors, right? And let's just sing a song and make us all happy. Let's not preach anything that would disturb anybody's life. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because if you haven't heard an ouch sermon, you probably haven't heard a sermon. I've heard plenty of ouch sermons. More ouchies than I care to talk about, right? Those things bring us back to reality. About what's real, what really matters. And here's what really matters. God's will be done in my life. That's what really matters. And this world has a lot of chaos. This world has a lot of chaos, has no shortage of chaos. But today, let me infuse you with the hope of Jesus that tells us all that could happen. But Jesus was still in the boat and he was still sleeping. And they were like, Jesus, how could you be sleeping at a time like this? Don't you care that we're going to perish? And he walks up to the top of the boat, upper deck. And he's like, peace, be still. He's like, ye have little faith. I mean, haven't you walked with me enough in realizing that we are his kingdom, not this world? So that's kind of what I'm bringing to you today. Step up, realize you're next, and speak his kingdom to someone else. How many of you in this room can say, Pastor Tony, I realize today, right here, right now that I've been living this surface idea of the kingdom and I need to step my game to be in his kingdom. If that's you, stand to your feet. I want to pray in 30 seconds. If that's you, stand to your feet all across the room. You say, Pastor Tony, I'm living in this weird thing, a bubble that doesn't allow God to really change me. I want to kind of burst that bubble and allow God to do something in me. If that's you, stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Whether it's one or 10 or the entire body, it doesn't matter. I just know that you have to be honest with yourself. And if there's an ouch moment, then take it, take it. Because understand that it comes from love. And as your pastor, my heart, my desire is to this. Infuse you with hope and God's reality. Hope and God's reality. Because God is full of hope. Hope is free. And we pass it out freely here. We we hand it out freely. So, Father, today I thank you for every person at the sound of my voice today. Lord, I pray hope.